What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short and our Fantasy Dynasty Rendition podcast here called The Cheap Seat. So, like, when you guys are way far away up in those cheap seats and you guys can't see everything on the field, we're going to be here to bring you guys some clarity. You know, we're going to help you guys out. And I am your host, Tyler Lauder, joined with my co-host, our Dynasty Fantasy expert, Jason. Hey, how's it going, man? Glad to be back. Uh, what is this, like, our fourth episode? Yeah, four uh, episodes strong, man, with consistency. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we've got, done a lot of great uh, episodes thus far, and tackling one of my favorite topics is Dynasty, and uh, a little insight on um, our topic today is is uh, those people that have rookie fever. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to start out with the fantasy segment that we start off with, our NFL segment, um, you know, pretty much where we go fantasy or dynasty, but uh, it's all about dynasty clarity today. So the news this week, training camp happens, and out indefinitely is Carson Wentz. Ankle injury, probably going to have surgery, but it looks like he's not going to miss the start of the season, potentially. Who knows? Uh, what are your first thoughts on this? Just give us your bubble. What do you know? Well, maybe you're even a different report than I am because uh, I'm seeing that it's a micro foot fracture that will have him out up to 11 months. But right now he is choosing to do the rest and wait technique uh and try to avoid surgery uh it's hoping it's not as bad as it is but this is this is a very um uh, big hit with a Colts uh team who was going to be challenging with a nice veteran quarterback uh with Wentz coming over now they kind of got to scramble to see who's going to be leading that team this year yeah and we got second year quarterback Jacob Eason who's taking first team reps in this situation, they went and signed Brett Hundley. Um, uh, Brett Hundley uh, from where was he at? Who's that last year? I don't know. He was like Arizona or something like that. You know, former Packers, great quarterback. Uh, but they're in a situation where let's let's give both scenarios. Let's let's go to the fork in the road. You go left, this happens. Go right, this happens. I'm going to take the road where he's not out. He plays. We're not going to panic here. But if you own Carson Wentz in a super flex, if you own Carson Wentz in a 16 team one quarterback you need to go out and you need to get Eason. you need to get um, you need to get every quarterback that is on that Colts roster go out and get the best free agent quarterback that hasn't been signed to a team yet maybe go and get some backup like i don't know garner Minshew, who probably won't get traded there but just get anything because if wentz his injury doesn't heal quickly then you need to find a way to move on and recover now for you jason you went right he gets the surgery. He's out 11 months. What do you do? Uh, you panic. Uh, that's the easiest, easiest thing to do. You panic. You start, you start looking on that, that, um, those teams that need some help that maybe you have some value at, you can be start sending out, sending out some filler trade offers. You're not going to, you're, you're going to be at a disadvantage. So you will overpay for anybody that you make a trade for but yeah definitely be working your waiver wire be working your uh, league mates uh that's the best option you know try to try to sweet talk 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 your people up uh it's all about the hype um in any scenario because if if you got wins as your starting qb1 right now it's time to panic yeah and you you're gonna have to help those guys that are that you know are currently in a rebuild that had a strong rookie draft you know in your dynasty leagues and they've got that bet just sitting there. They got like a Derek Carr. They got a Kirk Cousins, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, they got a Daniel Jones that they don't trust in. And you got to maybe trade a rookie pick as well. But 
yeah, either get all those waiver wire, all those backups to be prepared just in case, or panic, as Jason said. And now, some more clarity. I want to kind of give some more clarity on this. Let's kind of keep in training camp, but away from just the Colts. But let's navigate through training camp. There's so many times where, like, I'm scrolling through TikTok. I'm scrolling through Twitter and Facebook. And it's like, oh, man, this guy's making big plays to this guy. And everybody's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Everybody is awesome in training camp. But where do you, Jason, when you're paying attention to these training camp news and notes, do you say this is good information and this is misleading information? I take everything as misleading information. I mean, it's it's the beat writer's job to hype teams up. That's why they're there. That's why they're beat writers. That's why they have the press passes, the sideline access, is to report on how spectacular, like, you know, just a, a um, example I'm going to throw in here is the other day, it was nothing but, oh, Trevor Lawrence rolled out and threw a, threw a beautiful pass to Tebow, and, like, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing it. It was like, okay, yeah, but let's take that into real consideration. You look at the clip, everybody's going about half speed you know it was just pretty much a a practice making sure that tebow's getting the routes down make sure lawrence is getting the the movement his foot movement in it wasn't a full full thing there was no defense it's it, you got to take this as a grain of salt and training camp is the funnest thing like you made a comment earlier when we were talking off air it's just like pre-draft hype you, you're going to have people hyped up. You're going to have things hyped up, blown out of proportion, just because we we're dying to get any football news. Uh-huh. No, you're right. You're right. And that's the situation. I, I agree. Almost all information is misleading. Now, there are certain things that we need to lead into and really think that this is a positivity. Like Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore get drafted same year. Everybody's saying they're probably going to have a good connection. But we see in training camp, they do have a good connection. And I think rookie quarterbacks, seeing who they target a lot in training camp, that's going to continue. It's going to carry on. Because if they build that trust there, they want to get bailed out by those same guys come real season. But we see, I don't know, we see the, I don't even know, the, the, the Kumaros dominate preseason and stuff because Aaron Rodgers loves him. It's a vet trying to get somebody he likes. It's not necessarily going to train through, but it's be careful. Do not go into your dynasty startups or your, your fantasy redrafts reading the news you just saw at training camp being like, this guy's the next big thing because they're all the next big thing until they hit that field on Sundays. And that's going to do it for our dynasty fantasy clarity. Let's go ahead and jump into this meat and potatoes. Now, we're going to talk about what you guys are all trying to figure out. How good are these rookies this year compared to some of these vets? Uh, we're, we're calling this segment, what are we calling it, Jason? Uh, I think we went with vet value versus rookie favor. Exactly. And that's the main thing there because so many vets have value that are getting undermined. They're getting shadowed. They're getting covered with this rookie fever that takes over all of us. It does. It doesn't matter if you're one of those guys that trades away all of your rookie picks the moment you get next year's picks, or you're the guy that holds onto them, tries to hoard them. Every single person gets rookie fever right when their draft starts or right before. So we're going to talk about some rookies that are getting kind of drafted in ADP for startups a little bit higher than some veterans that we think can provide just as much, if not more value uh, for one to three years, which is a real window in dynasty. 
Yeah, I mean, you get a good solid quarterback that you're going to get three years out of that's established, that's got a good repertoire with his team. That's something to look into. Um, now, it's always nice to have a solid rookie or a solid young player as your QB, too, that is that you're not going to expect to be an immediate impact player your first year of your dynasty. So you want to have that anchor and you want to have that core position, but you also want to taper it off and get some used uh, value behind it. I mean, not everybody's Tom Brady that's going to be playing for, you know, almost a quarter of their life. Uh, so you do want to go with that value, but you also want to taper on the back end some, some use behind it. That's what we're going to be talking about. So let's go ahead and let's start on with the quarterback position. We're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And tight end normally would be a topic I feel like every fantasy dynasty show is going to throw off first because it's not as interesting. However, that's probably like our hottest topic with the guy that's rising the most and everybody knows who it is. It's the Hall of Fame tight end out of Florida. And we're going to start with that quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Based on most ADPs uh, for startups, they're getting drafted one and two um, rookies ahead of a lot of vets. And what we have going right after T-Law and kind of getting bookended by Fields is we got guys like Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, and Kirk Cousins. I'm going to let you go ahead and lead us off here on why people shouldn't be discrediting some of these veterans in trying to go for these long-term rookies that they can have for the next, I don't know, two to 12 years. Yeah, and, uh, and you got to look at this. We're, we're, on a, we're talking fantasy value, not real-life value. So fantasy value does come in this, not saying, you know, that Matt Ryan's a better quarterback or anything, better skill set. We're strictly looking at this fantasy standpoint, and that's important because the Atlanta defense is not great. They don't have a running game. Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball a lot. He's got a shiny new toy. Yes, he lost Julio, but he's got a shiny new toy that, you know, he's getting up there in age. His arm isn't what it used to be. He's going to be targeting that shiny new toy he's going to be uh targeting uh ripley down the, down the sideline so you've got to look at that you got to look at teams that are playing from behind such as matt right now baker mayfield is a good example too arguably one of the best offenses in the league who gets back a premier wide receiver this year who in obj uh so you've got to factor that in now the, the outlier here is is cousins uh a lot of people don't give Kirk Cousins love, but I mean, he's got a, a solid possession receiver in Thielen. He's got a burner that could take it to the house at any point in Jefferson, and he's not getting the love that he deserves. He's got Dalvin Cook who could come out of the backfield, and as soon as he gets in space, he is deadly taking a screen pass uh, going against that that outside linebacker or linebacker coming across, he has that shiftiness and he could break. And, and Kirk Cousins is one of my sneaky, sneaky um, quarterbacks that I'd love to take because people sleep on him. That's true. And we're looking at, and we'll keep talking about these vets, but we're looking at guys that are guaranteed to get you points. Here's the thing. If you went back a couple of years ago, we'd be comparing guys like Josh Rosen compared to some of these guys. And when in reality, That'd have, been, that'd have been such a shit take to do. That'd be such a terrible way to go. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be Josh Rosen. I'm not saying that they're going to be bad quarterbacks. Our thing here is, 
is while these shiny new toys are great and all, the toy that you've had for the past three, four years works just as well. Like sometimes you don't need to go out and get brand new Jordan. Your shoes will still get you from A to B. Simple as that. And they're going to do it com- like in a comfortable situation. We know Matt Ryan's defense and the Atlanta Falcons, they cannot hold teams down. Like if, if, if Matt Ryan drops 35 fan- you know, points, fantasy points, it's because his defense allowed real life 30 plus points on the other team's offense. So Matt Ryan has to throw four or five touchdowns, and that's consistency. Kirk Cousins, that defense was terrible last year. And I know, I got a lot of crap on TikTok about my prediction for the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> this year. Because everybody's like, well, we went out and we signed 27 new defensive players that have no chemistry together and have never played in the system before, but they're all going to make us better. Hang on a second. The Philadelphia Eagles did the same thing like eight, seven, eight years ago. Do you remember that? When they dropped like, I don't know, yes. half a billion dollars, it seemed like, on all these yeah. defensive players. And it did nothing because they had no chemistry. This isn't the NBA. You can't just pull all-stars from different places and they're going to work together. It, 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 everybody's got to fit in a scheme. It's all got to fall through. Now, the thing that really gets me here is all these guys are different dynamics where Cousins has a bad defense, Ryan has a bad defense, Mayfield doesn't have a bad defense. But, I mean, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, OBJ, Austin Hooper, weapons. Let's take some time. Let's talk about the rookies. Why is rookie fever taken over for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields? Uh, because of the bright, shiny new toy. Trevor Lawrence has been anointed uh, the savior of any NFL team for his freshman year. Which I believe, uh, I believe he is. <laughs> I, I don't... I, I'm not so high on Lawrence as everybody else. I think he's going to be. A, I think he's going to be a great quarterback. I don't think he's going to be the next Mark Sanchez. I think he's going to. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in NFL. He's got a great head on his shoulder. He's got a nice arm, mobile. I, I like. I like the kid's athleticism. Do I think he's the second coming of Brady? No. I mean, that's lofty expectations to put on anybody. Uh, do I think, uh, you know, in all honesty, I think he's going to be, you know, the Kyler Murray type? Possibly. Uh, I think that that's a good comparison because once he gets acclimated to the NFL system, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top five quarterback year in, year out. And it's going to he's going to fluctuate from that one to that five any given year i mean you're not going to be now fields uh is a little bit different i i'm not a justin fields believer do i think that he has the best opportunities yes because andy dalton is a great mentor quarterback do i think that he's he's got anything left no except his knowledge and i think that's where fields is going to gain the best thing learning under Dalton. i think Fields starts out maybe four games in till we see him become a starter. But holding that clipboard is just as valuable as being on the field sometimes. We do, uh, have, to, we do have to remember is that Justin Fields has the better receiver. I'm not saying weapons, but he has Allen Robinson. He's a top 10 receiver right there. And everybody, yes, he's old. He has Jimmy Grant, who is a red zone hog. He is. Like, no matter, even if people say he's old, He's still a red zone threat. He's a safety valve. He has a reliable run game as well with a decent offensive line. And 
a defense that can kind of hold people a little bit. Like Chicago's defense isn't like top five. However, they're going to hold teams to 20 and less more than Jacksonville's defense will. So he's not yeah, going to have to do as much. And you got commit there too, uh, young tight end too, that's going to be learning, who's got great hands uh-huh. uh, that just have, we just haven't got to see because of the debacle last year. I mean, anybody that trusts Mr. Bisky is, as your QB starting QB and think you're going to win games, uh, you need to have some evaluation or drug tests at your job. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do I think either, do I think Lawrence or Fields are bad quarterbacks? No, but do I think that you can get that same value out of a veteran later in your drafts? Yes. I mean, essentially, we're saying here if you're, let's talk about Superflex. Let's say you're in your rookie draft Superflex. Trevor Lawrence is the obvious one, one, two, 95% of rookie drafts, probably 99. And Justin Fields probably goes somewhere between two and four, depending on who's in your league. There are guys in your league that follow the NFL draft, and Zach Wilson will go too. You have guys that study, and you know, Trey Lance will go there, just Fields. But either way, you could easily trade down in those drafts, gain a pick at like one five, one six, plus gain a Mayfield, Ryan, or Cousins type of guy just for Trevor Lawrence. And then you could come away with a Javante Williams, a, uh, an ETN, you know, a, I don't know, Jamar Chase, plus these quarterbacks. And here's the problem. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, if they break out and they're top-tier quarterbacks, then, okay, then you win. But if they are what most quarterbacks are, and that is Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, guys that will finish anywhere from 8 to 18 and only be separated by like 30 points, then you're not getting true value. And that's where the veteran value comes in, especially this quarterback position. If it's single quarterback, you could easily trade your 1.10, 1 to 110, which is where Lawrence is going-ish, for any of these quarterbacks plus a lot. Plus a lot. And so that's the thing right there. You have to just get, be careful getting caught with this rookie fever. I know these guys are great. I love, I love Trey Lance. I like Justin Fields. I like Trevor Lawrence. I like all these guys. But give me the veteran plus for these rookie quarterbacks. Now, let, oh, go ahead. Last thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, and, you know, this goes back to our top of the show. This is where you get that value and you can make those moves for the owner that has wins. I mean, this is a perfect example where you can play your league mates uh, to get even more value and get rookie pack. Cause not a lot of people have done rookie drafts yet. I know a couple of my leagues are still waiting, uh, but you know, you got that value. You got that cushion. So use these things, use this advice to your advantage, please. Now let's talk about the next set. We're going to go to running back and we're not going to do what everybody else thinks. We're not going to talk about we're not going to talk about Najee, you know, Najee Harris and how he's a top-tier guy. We're not going to talk about Travis Etienne and Javante Williams. We almost did. But we're not. We're going to talk about <laughs> Michael Carter Jr., who is skyrocketing up, you know, startups, and he's getting taken in the first round of rookie drafts, if not the top of the second round. And people are saying, well, the New York Jets have nobody, so he must be a somebody. And now that's, that's not wrong. He could be a somebody in a crowd of nobodies, but that doesn't make him a true somebody. And now guys that are getting drafted after him are veterans such as David Johnson and Damian Harris. Damian Harris and David Johnson are 
the exact same running back for me in terms of dynasty value. They're both in slightly crowded running back rooms where I think they are the most talented guy in that room and their coaches just have to be smart and give them the ball. But you can't tell me those two potentially won't outscore Michael Carter Jr. Who's let's, I'm sorry, Jets fans. He's a goddamn Jets running back. Like pay for expectations. This isn't this isn't Thomas Jones. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> this is this isn't uh Tomlinson coming over to the Jets again. Huh. Uh so yeah, I mean this is a this is a this was an interesting one for me because I've seen I've seen him go as high as one six to two two. So I mean he's got that he's got exactly that rookie fever. It's oh well he's a running back. That's the only thing they got, like you said, but it's the Jets. It's a tough division. It's and, and you know, everybody's talking about Harris and everything. Oh, it's a New England Patriots running back. You don't know who they're going to play. That's a re- there's a reason for that. Because if you notice who you see in the first half of the season for the Patriots getting used a lot of volume about that mid-season mark, somebody else takes over that volume and that one tapers off because Belichick knows how to keep running backs fresh. I mean, you've talked about this before. You know how to you know how to plan for an RB1, an RB2. Belichick makes you plan for three, four, and five. He, he, he's got so many weapons at his disposal that has different running styles. I love the Harris pick because a lot of people sleep on him because of the crowded backfield. Uh, David Johnson was, was uh, a hell of a running back when he was in Arizona. A wrist injury kind of sidelined him, and then people started, like, putting him off and not – and like his value drops, I'm I'm buying low on him. I mean, because he still has he still has value, and I'm going to take him over somebody like a Jets running back because just because you get the volume doesn't mean you're going to produce. And we see guys like this every year in rookie drafts that um, are highly touted because I don't know it's it's rookie fever. Like people are like, oh man, I can get this guy in a second round, a second round pick. I'm sorry. I don't know a single league where you could turn around and you could trade the two one for David Johnson, and the guy with two one would be like, "Yeah, please." And not a single league. Nobody would do that. But that's where Michael Carter is getting drafted at the back end. Let alone a mid to late first round pick. You could not sell David Johnson for that at all. Damian Harris probably not either, unless you get a diehard Patriots fan. Now here's the thing: these running back rooms are going to fade themselves. I believe Damian Harris is one of the most talented running backs that Belichick has had in a very long time. I think he's uh, a guy that can be healthy and he can be versatile inside that back that that backfield, and he can work with somebody. I mean, Cam Newton is an issue because he's going to steal touchdowns, but again, we're talking dynasty here. Cam Newton is at at max a seventeen game guy for New England. That's it. As soon as Mac Jones is there, Damian Harris is going to skyrocket, and everybody's going to regret taking somebody like Michael Carter Jr. over him in their startups. David Johnson, on the other hand, is an older guy that you can get for a third-round pick potentially. Maybe you know two twelve comes around, and you can flip it because you don't want to be drafting you know the fifth-string receiver somewhere, and you can get value instantly. I, I know this seems maybe 
narrow minded and it's not really a true idea of like, oh, I'm going to start a, a dynasty startup and I'll going to run for 20 plus years. That sounds great. But in my experience, I see more leagues fold than make it past the five year mark. Mm-hmm. So plain and simple. And more, more than likely, you're going to be in a league for three years and then something shitty is going to happen and it's going to cancel. The commissioner is going to get overwhelmed. Something's going to happen. Those of you that are in long term leagues, good on you. But realistically, you're in a one to three year window to win. Win now while you have an opportunity, and that's what these bets do. And it's only and people just like sleep on Harris, like he's an old running back. He's 24 years old. He's he's in that peak performance. Um, we're talking about Carter, who is getting ready to turn 23. So there is literally less than 18 months separating them, and you're talking about value. So. Uh, and what Harris has been in the league three years, two years. He's this got two be, years. Two three. Yeah, this will be his third year. So he's got two years under his belt. You, you're looking at a dynasty. You got that window of opportunity there. You got an established offense that he's familiar with, versus a rookie that's got to come in and acclimate to the NFL style from college. That is important, and we're going to talk about that a lot more when we get to the the wide receiver position. Well, Marty, there transition. We're good. Let's talk about it. Um, our comparison here that we're talking about on ADP guys that are getting drafted, uh, and if you miss how we kind of you know decipher ADP and best player available and everything, uh, we talked about it on the last episode. Go ahead and check back on that episode right after this one, where we kind of you know help you guys get some clarity on those things, such as ADP. We're going to talk about Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, the defending, you know, undisputed Heisman yeah. champion. Case disputed, it's a little disputed, but uh, Devonta Smith, <laughs> who is going to a place where he is going to be looked at as the number one guy. But he's getting drafted ahead of guys like veterans like DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, and Tyler Boyd. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, Tyler Boyd is like Mr. Reliable. He's like Mr. Wide Receiver 2 in the NFL, that's consistency. And Devonta Smith in rookie drafts getting drafted anywhere from, depending on the super flex or one quarterback, but from anywhere from like five to, to 10 in that range. And all three of those receivers could easily be had for those picks plus. But go ahead, let's talk about this switcheroo. Yeah, uh, and this is what's funny because uh, as, a, as a Giants fan, I'm not, I'm not gonna give Eagles Eagles any love anyway, but Jalen Hurts is not an answer at your quarterback. Uh, I'm sorry. He is not. And if you think he is, I've got oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. Uh, I think that they need to bring somebody in that can do. So you also have to, wide receivers, you have to taper, taper their value to your quarterback. Uh, If you think Jalen Hurts is, is that guy. Yeah, go for it. Great. Uh, Tyler Boyd's an interesting one because um, I think that he is one receiver, uh, especially now with them drafting Chase, is going to be shadowed and people's not going to see his value. Uh, And this is where I think that, you know, they talk about, oh, he has chemistry. He has chemistry. Burrow has chemistry with chemistry in college versus chemistry in the NFL. Totally different outlook. so, I mean, you could have all the chemistry. Is it good? Yes. Do you know how? Because you know how the receiver likes the ball. You know the ball placement and everything. But 
do you actually think that that's going to transition like directly? No, there's going to be a learning curve. You got a lot of people. Also, um, Boyd has unreal speed when he gets the ball. He has that elusiveness. He has that cutting ability, and he can flat out, once he catches the ball, he can flat out win at a foot race. Not saying to, uh, Smith can't, but I, I, I'm going to go with the sure thing, what I've seen produced, than the iffy thing. And this and that's what our main meat and potatoes of the show is. Um, and we talk about Chark. Chark is one of the most reliable receivers that you can get, and you can get him very late because people have no faith in the Jags offense. And this goes back. You're going to be, you want guys, you want guys to produce, but those guys that get those garbage time points can win you championships. Yeah, and I think the, the issue that we have here is that Devonta Smith is um, a man among children, essentially, because the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiving room is depleted. I mean, sure, Jalen Rager's there, who is supposed to be something, and he still could be. I'm not saying he's not. I don't like to jump too soon. Um, you know, Travis Fulham looked great for a little bit, but then he kind of got faded out and was getting less snaps towards the end of the season, too, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, they have a plethora of, of running backs there as well who all could run the ball. I mean, they literally have their running back room is like the Chicago Bears tight end room. It's crazy. And then they still have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard on the roster as well, who I feel like are more likely to be taking targets away from the receivers than the receivers are taken away from them. And now we get a guy like Cortland Sutton, who I think, I, I, I understand if you could make a case for like Devonta Smith going over Chark and Boyd, because Chark and Boyd are, you know, they're in these heavy wide receiver rooms where Chark's got to deal with Marvin Jones and LaVesca Chenault and two good running backs as well in Jacksonville. And Boyd's got, you know, uh, a good running back there in Mixon, plus Chase and Higgins taken away as well. Okay, I get that. But Portland Sutton, all he has to compete with really is, I mean, Judy. Jerry, Judy? But I mean, Judy was drop city last year. Sure, he'll probably fix that. Uh, Noah Font, yeah, but I don't, see, I don't see Font taking targets from him. I don't see the running backs taking a lot of targets. For me, Chark, Sutton, and Boyd, if they play 14 games, they are the easiest thousand yard receivers that I have in the wide receiver two to three area that I, they could catch 60 balls. And I think they can get a thousand yards. I'm not worried about it. And they're each going to get five to eight touchdowns and you're going to get the consistency. Everybody wants that all-star wide receiver. And I get it. Yes. Having studs on your team makes playing dynasty and fantasy easy. Cause you don't have to, it's like one less position. You got to sub out every week, but wide receiver twos and threes, win you leagues simple as that yes i mean and that's what people don't realize and they don't look at the the dynasty value everything a lot of my leagues we go in especially the league me and you are in together a few of our owners look at everything as a redraft league rather than a dynasty league and they want to and their values are unreal uh and i i love Gordon Sutton. yes he's coming back from a, a severe injury but I, I I like him because who else is going to catch the ball there? There, I mean, you had production last year in that offense. It was a mess. 
Uh, I think Bridgewater is a, is an upgrade over Locke. Uh, we'll see how that quarterback uh, shakes out, but uh, Bridgewater's definitely an upgrade. Uh, he can definitely get the ball to his receivers. Mm, and you're I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in real quick because you brought up a point, and it reminded me of this, and if I don't jump in, I'm going to forget, but like <laughs> last year, Teddy Bridgewater produced two wide receiver twos and a wide receiver three with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. Now he comes here where he gets Cortland Sutton and Judy, and the third receiver isn't there. They don't have that talent that Carolina had at receiver for the third option. So Sutton and Judy might get even more touches than Moore and Anderson did. Yeah, and um, like I said, um, you you got to to taper that. You got to merge that with your receivers, your quarterback, too, because you could have – you know, you can have a horrible quarterback and an elite wide receiver. Trust me, I'm a Giants fan. Hot, hot Danny Dimes. Um, and, and, you know, your receiver value is going to drop because of your quarterback value. Sure. And you need to look at that. Uh, an upgrade with Bridgewater is going to get Sutton. I predict about 1,300 yards for Sutton. A baseline. And about six, seven touchdowns. Uh, I think that that's a, I think that's a solid prediction um, to expect. And you got to also look at that division. You got the Chiefs, who's got a great defense uh, that is slept on. You have the Raiders. You have the Chargers. There's very good possibility Denver. Denver is the worst team in that division. They're going to be playing from behind garbage time points are going to be factors and that right there here's the thing garbage time points are gold in fantasy and dynasty i love garbage time points i don't give a shit i (laughs) give give them to me give them to me they're perfect but i think we've kind of established this in the receiver let's get to our main event let's get to the championship fight let's talk about (laughs) the already hall of famer kyle pitts you know, this guy was playing with, I, I, I keep saying this, but I, I call him Kyle Trash because I don't think Kyle Trask was a good quarterback in college. That's personally me. I don't think he's that accurate. I remember watching that bowl game. He looked horrible. But Kyle Pitts comes to Atlanta where he essentially is going to be looking at, looked at as replacing Julio Jones, which realistically, that's an issue because what's the, yes. window, for, what's the window for tight ends? It, three years to establish themselves right? and Roughly. Roughly, some guys can do it faster, but the fact that he's getting looked at, like if Julio Jones was there, I would love Kyle Pitts even more because there's less coverage on him, there's less doubles. But Julio was taking two guys all the time. Kyle Pitts is getting drafted ahead of guys like Mark Andrews, who is Lamar Jackson's favorite target in Baltimore, uh, and TJ Hawkinson, who is right now Jared Goff's only real receiving option in my eyes, in Detroit. Uh, Yeah, I mean, everybody's got this hype for Pitts. Do I think he's going to be good? Yes. Do I think he's going to be the second coming of Gonzalez in Atlanta? Hell no. Uh, Do I think that he's going to be the second coming of, you know, um, Greg Olson, who's had a longevity of the career? Maybe. Uh, But do I think that he's going to be a good receiver in that offense? Yes. Do I like, just like you said, 
Would I love him more if Julio was there? Yes, I, I would justify this. Him being the fourth tight end off the board, 10 out of 10 times. Julio goes, you, you, you slide that expectation down because now teams don't have to defend and game plan against two elite receivers and try to cover the tight end. Now they can cover that short game as well as down the field. Ryan doesn't have have the arm that he used to. We've talked about this before in our in our quarterback segment. But so he's going to be throwing the short passes. So teams are going to game plan against that, and that's going to that's going to take a hit on his productivity. Now, the the weird situation about this is because we both agree that Kyle Pitts is going to be good. We both like Kyle Pitts. The issue that we have is that Kyle Pitts is getting taken ahead of one legit established veteran in Mark Andrews and one guy that has just as much upside, in my, in my opinion, T.J. Hawkinson as Kyle Pitts. Because the thing that Kyle Pitts doesn't do that T.J. Hawkinson does, this is my opinion, is he's not as good of a blocker. Like, I can look at T.J. Hawkinson and I can go, that guy can be on the field like Greg Olson. He can be on there for 100% of offensive snaps. Because he can block, he can catch. And that's reliable because just in case they call an audible, he's already there. Kyle Pitts isn't yeah. that guy, and that's an issue for him. And you also got to think, Hawkinson's, he's still, he's still learning. He's still growing. He's still acclimating. Uh, you know, he's got that learning curve. Uh, and if you think about it, Jared Goff loves his tight ends. Look at Higby. Look at Everett last year he spread the ball to his tight ends a lot especially in the red zone so i i think that that is going to shoot that adp of of hawkinson's up a little bit and it, that's why he's where he's at is because of the fact that jared goff loves his tight ends and loves throwing to him and the fact that they don't have anybody else on the field to throw to and I'm not saying don't draft Kyle Pitts in your rookie draft. Like some of these other guys, I'm like, yeah, trade away this pick for all this value. Draft Kyle Pitts. Draft him. But you could turn, you could flip him before the season starts. Kyle Pitts could be terrible in the NFL. He could be the biggest bust. And, and it, it's going to, all of us are going to look like fools. Not, not just me and you, but everybody is going to look like fools. All 100% of analysts and everything. So I'm a single person that hates Kyle Pitts, if we're being honest. But draft him and trade him for Mark Andrews plus because you can do it. And Mark Andrews is going to get you reliability. He's going to get you veteran value. And that's, and that's all we're looking for. That's all we're asking for. And that's all we want. And that's going to do it for us here on Second and Short's Fantasy Dynasty episode of the Cheap Seat. You know, uh, this veteran value versus rookie fever, I like this. And it's going to be a recurring segment that we're going to bring back in future uh maybe we'll talk about some other rookies you know some guys that are closer some top tier guys but realistically if you're going to leave with anything here is trust your gut take your guy but don't fall for this fever if you if you catch a fever take guess you know just go go take some medicine take a second talk to your talk to your league mates and medicine for me is trade offers and talk to your league mates and get that true value or, or be, be even better. Send, send me a DM on Twitter at Teasley822, and I will talk you off the ledge. I will, I will, I will help you. I, I'm a former EMT. I know how to deal with fevers. Uh, I could definitely 
definitely help you out because sometimes we all get caught up in it and you know and it can wreck a team or you know you you could blossom it into veteran value and then some and go ahead and hit that subscribe down below down below Hit that subscribe button down below. Instead of everything, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, give us a follow. You can see it down below also if you're watching this as well. We're on TikTok at Second and Short, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Second and Short, everything. And there's hot takes on TikTok. There's little clips there. Uh, on Twitter, we have questions. Hit us up there as well. We will share just like Jason will. And that's it. So thank you guys for listening. We'll check you guys next week.